Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Brand new league year, brand new intro music, and it's definitely not brand new because that would be a downer. That was some bopping intro music. We wouldn't play brand new for you. What do we sound like? Psychopaths? I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. I'm joined for a super friend spectacular day two free agency recap winners and losers podcast joining me on the phone. Via video, you can't see us, but you can hear us. Ryan Wilson, John Breach, Sean Wagner. Good to have you guys on the horn this evening. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing great. John, how are you? On a scale of 1 to 10, <laughs> I'm a 12, as in a TV 12. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Are you taking Ryan's idea? Thanks. That was Ryan who did. TV 12? That's Ryan's idea. He trademarked it last week. How many how many royalty checks have you gotten from Brady, Ryan? John Breach is the Carlos Mencia of podcasting. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> John knows what I'm talking about. Ouch. I mean, everybody knows who Carlos Mencia yeah, is. I don't think Sean steals. does. I do not. Carlos Mencia steals jokes, right? Yeah. Are you allowed to say that? Am I going to get sued for that? Ryan, you're going to get Brenton sued. That's how this is all going to end up. And your plot to take over the Pick 6 podcast is finally going to come to fruition. Well, anyway. judging by Brenton's coughing, you know, Ryan won't have to do anything. To get Brenton's going to take care of himself. Podcast. All right, let's get to the podcast. A lot, a lot of things happen. By the way, you can go, again, maybe you like the new intro music. Maybe you don't. You can tweet us about it at Pick 6 Pod, at Will Brenton, if you want. Uh, Sean is off of Twitter these days, but at Sean J. Wagner, if you want to try and catch him. Um Winners and losers day two. We have a Tom Brady emergency pod in the feed. We have a Philip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton emergency pod in the feed. Um, we have a show every night this week, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports HQ. You can watch us on video. You want to put some handsome faces with some dulcet tones. Make sure and check that out. Make a point quickly. Um Sean didn't curse on his second episode, so that's that's we're making progress. He cursed on his very first episode of HQ, so congrats to you, Sean, for that. It, it is really it is really great when you hear a 27 year old use hell of a game. <laughs> I mean, I'm confused. Are there different? I say hell on this podcast all the time. Can, can I not say it on HQ? I, I I should actually probably know this for a future. I just if, say if you the, if you have to ask, you don't know. Thank you. You know it when you see it, Sean. Well, you know what? I didn't get fired after saying it yesterday, so maybe I'll just keep firing. You well, didn't. Because they're not going to fire you in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, that's right. They're not, they're not allowed to go to the offices. When they get to the office, they've already made. A, 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 <laughs> well, then if I'm already if I'm already on my way out, I might as well go out guns blazing. So you did a damn good job making an ass of yourself, son. <laughs> you know what that's called, by the way. That's called the Jameis Winston. That is. That's right. Uh, so anyway, let's go through. We're going to have everybody list their biggest winners and losers. From day two of free agency, but first we're going to have some winners and losers from the various moves 
that went down. Nothing bigger than Tom Brady leaving the Patriots, officially leaving the Patriots on Tuesday morning. We had an emergency podcast for that. You can go check it out too. Uh, me and Sully from Boston, uh, Tyler Sullivan hopped on and, uh, chatted about that. I love that he's like Sully. By the uh, way, he has a great voice. Like I was listening to HQ. I had to turn uh, it turned on to know who was talking. I was like, Oh, that guy sounds like he should be like, uh, hosting like, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, they used to do the ball drop dick. Clark. Speaking of words we can't say. <laughs> Let it hang. Let it hang out there. Uh, Dick like, Clark. Dick Clark. Dick, thank you. He sounded like Dick Clark. <laughs> New Year's uh, fucking Eve. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Certainly pandering your, to your, to your key demographic there, right, Wilson? Um, Breach, give me a winner for Tom Brady's departure from the Patriots. And, and actually, before we get into it, is it possible? I, I saw somebody tweet this and I don't, I don't know how much I buy into this breach, but like it is a little weird that Tom, that the Buccaneers let this all leak out that Tom Brady was signing with Tampa without Tom Brady announcing it in some crazy fashion, right? Now, let me just say that this could all sound silly because people are going to listen to this podcast on Wednesday. I actually wrote this in Slack that I thought it was a little weird that everyone who reported it, there's no definitive report. Everyone has slightly hedged their report. Yeah, there is there is no hundred percent Tom Brady. It, it is all Tom Brady's expected to sign with the Buccaneers, uh, and this is everyone. This is every single person that has reported on Tom Brady. So it is almost like Tom Brady has drawn out. He's been very dramatic in his free agency. Uh, do you think he wants to be undermined by people taking the spotlight from him? I don't think he does. And what percentage would you guys put on Brady coming out? tomorrow and saying uh i'm going to chicago i don't know where that tampa bay stuff came from because he hasn't signed a contract there's nothing in place he can't sign anything till 4 p.m wednesday uh so percentage that he does not sign with the buccaneers let's do that first five percent two percent i'll say i'll say 12 percent sean uh three percent hey hasselhoff counterpoint what if it what if the case is this and i'm calling you dave hasselhoff uh breach because your outfit um what if we saw tom brady tweet social media up on Tuesday morning that he was not coming back and that was the last knife in the back of the Patriots but he's willing to let the uh, Buccaneers have all the glory they've been a terrible organization for decades they can announce this Tom Brady thing they're now uh, turning over a a new page uh, a new chapter to their uh, depressing history by adding Tom Brady and he's fine with that because he knows he's going to be the main man for the next three years or however long he's in Tampa Bay. And that's his strategy. One last slap in the face to Bill Belichick as he moonwalks out of town. What if Brady told the Bucks, I'm going to sign, but you can't let it leak out or I'm not signing. Well, I, I just, I mean, like, my, the only reason I buy into this is that Brady just started this production company and I'm like really confident he wants to have some big reveal on Facebook or like Instagram or something like that. I mean, like he announced, like he announced that he was leaving the Patriots. He didn't, you know, like he, he made a big deal out of it and he, and he, he issued a two, two page Instagram release. So I don't know. It just seems, it seems a little off, but we're operating under the assumption that Brady is going to the Buccaneers. So breach, give me a winner with Brady. And by the way, one more thing before you get to your winner. Sorry. Um, as Tom Pelissero of NFL media notes, teams will not be allowed to, or have been encouraged, been told not to announce contracts at 4 p.m. on Wednesday when free agency opens if they do not have a physical 
passed by a player or if the player and team have not waived said physical. In other words, you can't announce we've agreed to terms. None of that. You have to have the physical done or you have to waive the physical. And, um, you know, this is for COVID-19 related issues, Corona related issues. So uh, don't expect a huge wave of signings that we've read about so far. However, they are anticipated to come around. But Tom Brady, winner, Breach. My winner in the Tom Brady going to Tampa is the rest of the AFC East. Those guys for 20 years have been having nightmares about Tom Brady. They can't win the division. They should just forfeit the season because you're not going to beat the Patriots. Well, guess what? Now they have a chance. Last time Tom Brady didn't play an entire season was 2008. Guess who didn't win the AFC East? The New England Patriots. And you look at what the Bills have been done in free agency. They traded for Stephon Diggs. They've been going nuts. You look at what uh, the Dolphins have done. The Dolphins have been going nuts. They added Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, and then the Jets, you know, not as impressive, but they have been doing a couple things, re-signed a couple key guys. And so it feels hey, to me uh, – Quickly, yeah. the Jets actually re-signed an offensive lineman and signed two other offensive linemen, and the word on the street was that they were going to stock up an offensive lineman to help Sam Darnold. So they actually have done something at least to try to make Sam Darnold less hit-worthy. Yeah, one of those other guys was George Fan. Yeah, absolutely, Wilson. So that's what Sam Darnold needs. You give him a line. He's a receiver. He's got Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so I really think this division is up for grabs, and I think you know people say it every year, but this is the first time I legitimately – believe this and the, the flip side of that is once the Patriots bring in a quarterback that guy is going to have to learn their entire system uh, and he might not have an offseason to do that there might not be any OTAs there might not be any mini camps there might not be any spring workouts so this the rest of the AFC East needed to take advantage of this by pouncing and that is exactly what they've done let me follow up quickly just to ask before we move on let's say we mentioned Joe Jacoby Brissett Breach, you talk about the short time span, perhaps, for the the ability to have these practices. What if the Patriots get Brian Hoyer back? He knows the system. Knowing that and what you just talked about with the division, who's your favorite to win? With Brian Hoyer as the starting quarterback? Yeah. Uh, probably the Bills. I think I think the Patriots could eke out nine or ten wins with Hoyer, but I don't think they're winning. I think 11 wins is going to win that division, and I don't think Brian Hoyer is winning 11 games. All right, Sean. I- I think what Breach, you said nine, ten wins for Hoyer. I think for even for Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, that's optimistic. But they're going to get someone better than Brian Hoyer, I, I imagine. I don't that's like just hypothetical. Of course, this it. is Ryan's scenario. You can't change it. I, I, I'm saying the scenario is dumb because the Patriots have known this entire Whoa. time that this was a real possibility. They haven't been sitting there thinking, well, if he leaves, we're turning to Brian Hoyer. I think you're going to see like adulted as um, we all of us seem to agree that's the best option. Yes, um, and coming up with the same names he talked about, or he could just. Talk about this hypothetical for 10 seconds. Maybe. I don't think you can call it dumb. So wait, so I, you think Andy Dalton's better than a guy who's familiar with the Patriots system? Yes, absolutely. Well, and even, they have limited practice. Even if you agree that Andy Dalton, even if we all agree that Andy Dalton's better, and I think we can all stipulate to that fact, like that doesn't mean you just get, again, we talked about this with the, like you don't just get Andy Dalton. They want to trade him, but they're not just giving him away. He's not lying on the curb somewhere. Like you swing by, toss him in the back of your car and take him home. Like you it's have to not gonna yeah, but the Patriots will the Patriots I I okay if I'm wrong you can dunk on me when it happens they're not rolling into the season with Brian Hoyer as their starting quarterback. All right, if the Patriots roll into the season with Brian Hoyer as their starting quarterback, you have to get a Brian Hoyer temporary tattoo. 
Yes. On your, on your forehead. How do I get a temporary Brian Hoyer tattoo? You can buy them anything on the internet, Sean. I will take that. Fine. I'll take that. But the one caveat I'll add is like if they trade for a quarterback and he gets hurt in August and Brian Hoyer is forced to start, I'm not, that, that doesn't oh, that apply. Counts. No, then I'm not doing that deal. That's... You said it was dumb. So Bill Belichick would not do anything dumb. You okay, to answer the... hypothetical, the Patriots aren't winning the division with Brian Hoyer at quarterback. But there we go. That's all you had to say. Well, I, I will, it. I will happily take the Patriots. If the, if the Bills are actually favored, I, and I, I tend to think that they will be, I think the Bills will be like minus 120, Sands Brady. I will happily take the Patriots and Bill Belichick and whatever rotten corpse of a former Bengal you want to trot out there as, as plus money to win that division all day long. I will bet on that until the cows come home, but I do think the Bills are a pretty good team. Of course, we know that they traded for Stefan Diggs. You can check that out in, in the previous day's podcast. Um, any more thoughts on the AFC East? I have a quick winner. I didn't have one on the list, but just something that popped in my, my mind. Our buddy John Ledyard, who used to work at the Draft Network, moved to Tampa Bay like a week ago to cover for a pewter report. Oh, He's wow. covering the Bucks, and Tom Brady fell in his lap. It went from being a good gig. I mean, everyone needs a job, obviously, and you want to cover the NFL. That's great. To being the guy who gets to cover Tom Brady in his first year in Tampa Bay. So that's that's cool. That's like the Ben Volen special. Yeah. 100%. Everywhere Ben Volen goes – like wild controversies go with him. Like he, like when he got to, uh, when he, he was, uh, covered Tebow for the Palm Beach Post when he was in Florida. And then he had, I think, uh, the bounty, maybe the, uh, the incognito, bullying, incognito bullying, the bullying scandal with the Dolphins. And then he got Aaron Hernandez and Deflate Gate, um, and Spygate, craft. Uh, yes. So many, ski- yes, Sean. Thank you. That's right. Um, moving along to my, what a craft too, Sean. What did he do? He went to a massage place and allegedly things happened. What sort of things? <laughs> I mean, do you want me to say it? This is you guys act like this get me in trouble. We have stories on the website that that Breach probably wrote one because it probably did major traffic. <laughs> say it. Then. My winner out of this whole thing, Buccaneers GM Jason Light. As Debo makes a note in his files, Jason Light. I I don't think that Jason Light's getting the proper credit here. This is a coup for Jason Light and the Buccaneers. They went out and they beat everybody else out for Tom Brady, literally the greatest quarterback of all time. Say what you want about what he did last season, and he wasn't perfect, but he was throwing to nobody last year. I mean, who, who was the leading receiver? Do we decide? Was it like who? Who? who, who who's the Patriots' leading receiver? It was Edelman. Julian I guess. Edelman. Yeah, but who was who was the Dorsett was their best deep threat. No, Philip Dorsett was the second leading wide receiver. That was the one that stumped you guys. That's right. Philip Dorsett was the second leading wide receiver behind Edelman. That was the factoid. I mean, Jacoby Myers is out there. I mean, like, you know, they ran through jo- Antonio Brown for one week. Demarius Thomas was cut. Josh Gordon is a whole thing. So, like, now Tom Brady's going to play with Mike Evans, Chris Goblin, OJ Howard, and Cameron Braid. I have full reason to believe that Antonio Brown, I mean, that, uh, that, and maybe Antonio Brown as well, uh, that, that Tom Brady, can have a monster year next year. I wouldn't be, I don't think it would be stunning. The only reason, he, like, it would be, like, it's, it would be stunning is that the Buccaneers defense, as Sean has pointed out repeatedly, it was actually pretty good last year. But, like, I wouldn't be, it, would just, it wouldn't be crazy if Brady threw for 5,000 passing yards in that system with, with no real running game. I mean, I don't think that's crazy. So Jason Light gets a gold star sticker for me for, for making this happen. This is not an easy thing to do to convince the greatest quarterback of all time to leave the only place he's ever played and to come to freaking Tampa Bay, but he pulled it off. Way to go, Jason. 
just be wary of that offensive line because it's everything else is great, but if you can't pass block, it doesn't matter. And that's and they have not done anything to address that yet. It's early in the process, but you got to sort that out. Toot sweet. And, and and to Ryan's point, we we talk about the Patriots' lack of weapons, but a, a big issue was that offensive line wasn't as good as we thought it'd be, due in large part to injuries in the preseason. Uh, so if Brady doesn't have protection, just like this past season, he could also struggle again. Uh, well, in fact, Sean, why don't you just keep on explaining? Keep on digging your pot of hot water. Keep on well, boiling, boiling that water and tell me why Tom Brady's a loser. And I'm going to preface this by saying that uh, if Tom Brady had to leave, I thought Tampa Bay was the best spot. And on the our HQ show, I did take the over of nine and a half wins. So I think this is going to be a good football team. That said, I said from the beginning of the process, I don't understand why Tom Brady wanted to leave New England. I'm standing by that. I think Tom Brady should not have left the Patriots. Uh, I think he is going to a worse overall team. Yes, he has better skill position players right now. We'll see how the Patriots um respond over the over the coming days as they look to rebuild their offense but I don't think Tom Brady should have left and he picked the right spot if he was going to leave but we keep talking about the Bucks and we keep talking about how the Patriots are declining and all that the Patriots still won 12 football games last year the Buccaneers won seven is Tom Brady worth five wins um, for the, for the Buccaneers to get them to 12 wins. I don't think so. I think they're a 10 win team. I think the Patriots are going to hurt, obviously miss Brady, but if they get someone like Dalton and they don't get stuck with someone like Hoyer, I think they're a playoff team. And for, hey, Sean, can I ask you a question? As I hear no. you, you keep talking about this Tom Brady shouldn't want to leave. Let's say you've been at CBS for 10 years and you are leading the, the site in traffic every year. You're crushing it. You've, Is this a fake question really for a breach? <laughs> no, you've, 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 you've dispensed of John breaches Jimmy Garoppolo. You kicked him out. He had to go somewhere else. You were a crushing traffic here for year, but your boss hates you, treats you like crap, disrespects you in front of your employees. And then another company that's not as is good. This, as, is yeah. this a hypothetical or are you just describing real life? <laughs> this is real life. Another, another company comes. It's not quite as reputable as CBS. They say, hey, Sean. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's breacher report. It's breacher report. <laughs> like, hey, Sean, we'll give you a ton of money. You can do whatever you want. We'd love you. We'll make sure your picture's up in the hallway. We make sure we have everything for you. All you can eat, <laughs> reheated Chick-fil-A on Sundays. You'll hire <laughs> brand new to play every Friday in the cafeteria. All you have to do is come with us. And you're going to say, well, I can't do that. I have no idea why I'd leave. I was crushing it, and CBS was number one every year. You're not going to do that. I would certainly. Certainly be enticed and I would listen and I would, you know, flirt with the other, with Breacher Report. Um, but I, look, that's not a comparable. Is your, uh, is your, is your lady friend still there? Can she hear yeah. you saying I would flirt with the other? Cause you're describing how you would bounce on the uh, person. She has, who... she has headphones on. Okay. Anyway. Although I think she might be hearing this. So, um, so you would flirt with whoever came along. I, but here's my point, Ryan, is that I think. In this scenario, I would look and I would be enticed and like, oh, Breach Report, that's a great option. That's sexy. I would have some fun there. But I would still look at CBS and be like, you know what? This is still a better sound team. Even though no one respected you, like the, your bosses didn't care about you. They, they treated you like they, you weren't an integral part of the success. Would you what, – what if I your mean, boss – is that true? Bill Belichick is just hard on everyone. I don't think Bill Belichick looks at Tom Brady and thinks this guy sucks, you well, know. Well, let's, let's phrase it a different way. What if your boss is like, hey, uh, Sean, your contract's up. You've been killing it. You know, you set our records for traffic multiple years in a row. However, um, uh, we're going to pay you less money and all that's – you know, all these benefits that you want. Yeah, we're not giving them to you. And you can come back for one year. We're not going to let you ride out your the rest of your career. Well, like, aren't you going to, like, 
Wait, do we know the Patriots weren't willing to give him a, a good money offer, like $30 million a year? Has that been reported? Didn't Kraft say that they tried and this was Brady just wanting to leave? Mm, uh, the Patriots were not going to offer $30 million a year. Do we know? Uh, who has reported that? Breach we have, just reported it. Uh, I don't think Breach won. We that. heard multiple times that, that – like, Okay, my, my general point with stop with the analogies is that I, I – like. It's obviously different when you're an NFL quarterback, and I think it's always enticing to try to go prove that you that it's not Bill Belichick and it's you. Now is not the good time to do that, and I still think for all the weapons the Buccaneers have, and again, I like it as a landing spot, that I think the, the Patriots are still a better team with Tom Brady than the Bucks are with Tom Brady, and I would have trusted Bill Belichick to get that offense fixed because he is not an idiot. He is the greatest coach of all time, and he understands that they weren't going to be able to run it back and just win the Super Bowl. I think. Oh, he oh let me ask you this, Sean. What have the uh, Patriots done the last 48 hours to help their offense? Nothing. But it's, oh, oh, it's not no, true. No, no, they did that's franchise tag true. a very key offensive lineman. Uh, that's not true. They also signed Demir Bird minutes after Tom Brady's reported. Uh, there we go. There we go. The Buccaneers. I thought that was oh. like. It almost felt like all purpose. Like it was like in the middle of this Tom Brady hype, it was like Patriots signed Demir Bird. It's like that F you to Tom. Let me, Brady. let me ask you guys this: Who wins more games next year, the Bucks or the Patriots? The Patriots. Bucks. I would take the, the Bucks. Nope. Oh, two to two. We need to, Debo. We need to mark this down. And I feel I smell a tattoo bat coming on. Debo, uh, Debo thought you were going to ask him, "Can you please break the tie?" And nope, you were like, Give it to <laughs> "Well, Debo, what do you think?" Debo, can you break the tie? Patriots. Okay. Thank you, Debo. Wins over Wilson for I told you for the the uh, Bucks eight and a half for the Patriots. That's why. But now let's be clear. Like part of your reason for picking the Patriots is you have the blind faith that Bill Belichick will find another quarterback. I mean, well, no, no, no. My my faith is in Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick because as we talk about all the time. So like if they roll with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer, you're still taking the the Patriots to win more games than the Bucks. I may just out of spite, but I, it would be closer. But, <laughs> okay. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> Breach, your loser, and Wilson, you guys had a, a – you went out on a limb here with your losers. You picked the Patriots. Well, to be fair, Breach, uh, Brinson yelled at us for 20 minutes about the how we were setting this no, up. We don't so, need to go into that. It's a whole I, I'm just laying it out there so people know. But Breach, right, and I am agreeing with Wilson that that happened. You, you can go ahead, Breach. As, as, I, as, as I, I do too. As, as do I. Well, I got to go into a lot of details. I'm up by those three words. <laughs> I got to I go do. into a lot of details about why I thought the AFC East was the winner. So, Wilson, I'll let you have this just to say that the, the Patriots are a sinking ship right now, it feels like. They just lost – they lost Tom Brady. They've lost Kyle Van Noy. They've lost Jamie Collins. Like, guys are fleeing the ship. And uh, – uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, what does that mean? Is Jamie, that, when Jamie Collins fled the ship. They won a title immediately after the last time. Well, I'm just saying that they have a lot of holes to fill, and I'm not convinced they're not going to be able to fill them. I, you were talking about this being a 12-win team, uh, with, I just don't think that's going to be possible. I think they're going to top out at 10 or 11 wins this year. There's just too many holes to fill. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, but that's pretty close to what the Bucks will be. Yeah, but right? Talking, yeah, like, but I, yeah, we're, we're talking about winners and losers, Sean. They're coming from different things. I'm literally just pointing out that, you, that you thought it was clear. The, I'm saying it's going to be tight, I think, because of those, what you just said. Well, here's the thing. It wouldn't be tight if they Tom Brady had come back. I think it would have been less tight. And they had obviously tied in, wide receiver, blah, blah, blah. We get all that. But uh, Brian Hoyer slash Andy Dalton slash Jared Stidham slash whomever makes it a lot tighter. And it shouldn't have to be in a division where they've dominated every year since uh, – except for 08. 
Uh, I'll say this. I think that if you were to take the Patriots and split them up, that you could call Bill Belichick a winner because I think he got what he wanted in terms of being able to make the decision on Tom Brady. Robert Kraft made that clear in his statement. He said uh, Belichick's a winner if they go 5-11 and next year. He won his six Super Bowls. I don't think he gives a crap. He's still going to go in the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty, I, I would bet that he's quite certain Tom Brady will not have success in Tampa Bay. I, I would, I would agree with you as well. I think that he believes Tampa Bay overpaid. Bill, we've been talking about Bill Belichick for the past 20 years, how he, he always lets guys go a year too early and not a year too late. And suddenly Brady's just the one guy that he's just going to miss on. Like who has he missed on in terms of letting somebody go a year too early? I mean, Chandler Jones has had a tremendous amount of success since, since but they got, on. they got good picks for him. I, I know, but he, like, I, I feel like Belichick probably didn't expect Chandler Jones to have that level of production. You also got arrested for synthetic marijuana. When yeah. He's- and Belichick also famously doesn't care as much about pass rushes as he does cover guys. So right. all I'm saying is that like, because it's Tom Brady, because he's played as well as he has into this certain age, we've sort of cut like, we haven't given Belichick the benefit of the doubt that we always have for years and years and years about being right on personnel decisions. And like, I think we're maybe sort of missing the, the boat on that. Like Belichick knows what he's doing. And Do he, you know if, um, have we heard anything to reports or stories out of, um, who's the investigative reporter at ESPN that made the Patriots so mad? What's no, 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 it is not Mike Reese. Yeah. Yeah. Did he write anything about the, um, Bill Belichick being upset about having to move Jimmy G? Yes, that was it. Was forced. Oh. He did not want to do it. It was forced by Robert Kraft. What, if it was, I didn't want to make sure I didn't want to put words in his mouth. But yeah, so maybe he's still, you know, burned over that. Well, I mean, by all accounts, Robert Kraft, and again, he said it in his statement. He said the two sides were not able to come to an agreement. Not we were not able to come to an agreement. He 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 allowed Belichick to steward the Patriots through this process. Robert Kraft has negotiated every contract with Tom Brady since they, since they started signing him to extensions. And now Bill Belichick has taken over and they couldn't work out a deal. And so he gave, he said he didn't, he picked between Brady and Belichick and that's a big win for Bill Belichick, even as much as it might be a big loss for Robert Kraft. I would also add that uh, Julian Edelman is a loser as well because he's on the Patriots and his BFF, Tom Brady, is uh is in Tampa Bay and I don't know that the Buccaneers are gonna pry Edelman out of uh, uh New England. Why would they? He's old and you don't need him in that offense. Yeah, just good Tom Brady's there. You might do what Tom Brady wants you to do. Uh Wilson, you got a loser for us? Yeah, I said the Patriots as well. I just talked about it. <laughs> oh yeah, you had Jameis Winston on here. You listed multiple losers. Oh, I thought we we're going through the Patriots right now. I can keep going. I think Brinson just was saying who's the loser overall with Tom Brady signing with the Buccaneers. Okay, thank you, John. That's all I needed. <laughs> Jameis Winston. But <laughs> we'll say this. I love Jameis Winston because his eyes are perfect. 2020, baby. So he can see as he's being back in his office and being kicked out of the yeah, – he, he can see the dump truck rolling up to the building and piling <laughs> garbage on him. Uh, temporarily, Jameis Winston. I, I think it sort of muddles things now that we're in, at the end of day two of free agency in terms of where he's going to end up now. We joked – I think it was on the on the, on the the live show about hopefully Jameis goes to the Bears. I can't remember now. We've made fun of Sean so much about it. Um, <laughs> the Bears will – will the Bears be better with Jameis? They will, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so he's a loser until he ends up there. I don't think um, the Chargers necessarily make a lot of sense, and for the same reasons as everyone else. They're not pass-blocking anybody out there. He does have weapons, but he had weapons in Tampa Bay. He has good weather there, but he had that in Tampa Bay. It's not going to match if he fix him. I, I think a, a ball-control offense 
I'm not saying Matt Nagy. So what would you say, John? Matt Nagy is a coach who has an offense. So and then Nagy, he pa- and then he paused. We all thought he was going to end there. <laughs> maybe that fits what Jameis Winston needs. But I think a, a ball control offense that yeah. like that likes to take shots downfield that Trubisky doesn't like to do, and when he does, he overthrows it because he's not accurate. There you go. That works. All right, we got to take a break because, look, Tom Brady, frankly, blew up all the rundowns across the world, changed everything when he theoretically decided to go to the Buccaneers, even though he hadn't announced it yet. Just pointing that out. Um, coming up after the break, the rest of the Super Friends will do a dance on my grave because the uh, my two favorite quarterbacks of all time are moving to different destinations. This is Sandra Oreta from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. Women's National Team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more. Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Philip Rivers, can't dance in my grave for this one. Philip Rivers is the best. He's going to the Colts. That deal also not announced by Philip Rivers on the whatever social media Philip Rivers uses, MySpace. Oh, no, you know what, you know what Philip Rivers uses? Next door. Bebo. What's Bebo? That used to be the AOL Facebook. Bebo. That's the oh, that, uh, Did they sell that to China? They, they bought it like for $400 billion and sold it for like $12,000. <laughs> AOL like, in his prime. Yeah, peak AOL. <laughs> but yeah, next door is, is that, that's the, he definitely needs to Next door is like where you like, you get an alert for what your neighbors are doing. It's, like, it's, there's always some crazy lady in your neighborhood who's like, the cats are loose again. You're like, oh my God. Like next door for your, like your neighborhood would be, Brenton's throwing dog poop over the fence again. Please yeah, make yeah, it stop. Yeah. It's like Rivers like post on there. He's like, heading to Indy. See you later. <laughs> and that's where Philip Rivers is going. The obvious winner in this situation, of course, Sean and I agree, Philip Rivers. Yeah, he gets to reunite with Frank Reich. Um, I, God, I just deleted the stats. Uh, 31 touchdowns per season, uh, 4,500 yards per year, I think, in three seasons. If the Colts get that kind of production, they, they're very clearly a playoff team. Um, but for, for Philip Rivers, he gets to go indoors with the coach he's familiar with, as Breach always points out and everyone has. They might not have much of an offseason. Um, so that's important because he doesn't have to really learn a new offense. Um, and he's going to have a good defense. He's going to have a good offensive line. Um, this was the perfect landing spot that we've talked about since, frankly, I think before the end of the season when it looked like the Chargers, as we all know it, were done. So I think it's great for the, I think it's great for Rivers. I think it's great for, um, the Colts. 
and it's bad for the rest of the AFC South because, I, in my mind, the Colts are now the new favorites in that division. Hmm. What about the Titans? Nah. We've, ta- we've talked about it before. Like, I could see a little bit of regression because they got such a great year from Tannehill, and I like Tannehill, but I don't think he'll be as good as he was last year. And Derrick Henry, I think it won't be surprised that 2019 ends up being the best season of Derrick Henry's career. I'm with you, Breach, if that's what you're, where you're going. I'd slightly give the edge to the Titans right now. But yeah. it's close, right? Like, you could make arguments either way. You got it. Vegas will make the Colts the favorites. And look how sure Brinson is, too. Like, Philip Rivers has been on the Colts for, like, five hours, and Brinson's like, no. No uh, way. The, the, the Colts will be them. the favorites to win the division. Where Brin- is the uh, Brinson Cupid doll? Uh, that's right. Yeah, Philip Rivers. I thought you would have it displayed prominently in the background. You mean, he's he's had a busy day with them, so. <laughs> Brinson, how much money are you going to bet on the Colts Oops. to win the Super Bowl? Uh, $100. What are those odds? 14? So you said 20? No, the, the Buccaneers are 14 to 1. 8 to 1 for the Buccaneers at William Hill to win the NFC. The uh, Colts will be 20 to 1. I'll probably, I definitely, I look, I don't care if it jinxes it. I'm going to pick the Colts versus the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Okay. How are the Colts getting past the Ravens in the, in the Chiefs? Bill, well, the Ravens aren't going to win in the first round of the playoffs because they can't win with Lamar Jackson in the postseason, Sean, and the Chiefs. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't answer that one. Yeah. The Colts are going to get the two seed. You still and, got the uh, seed. No, the Colts need to get the one seed, man. They need to get that by. But you can't call the Ravens an obstacle until Lamar Jackson actually wins a playoff game. If anyone knows, it's John Breach talking about Andy Dalton and winning playoff games. So I take his word on it. Thank you, Ryan. By the way, the Colts and Ravens play in the regular season in 2020. Um, they also get the NFC North. You get the Raiders. The Jets, the Bengals, and the Browns. So they get the AFC South, the AFC North, and the NFC North next year. That's a win. That's a lot of winnable games. Is Unique Ngakwe a winner or a loser that he now gets to face Philip Rivers twice a year? (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, you should really drop the mic and head on out of town after that one. Uh, Sean, you got a loser for us? Do I have a loser? Yeah, it's it's the rest of the. I mean, I just handed it. It's the rest of the AFC South because. It, I actually think it's funny because for no, for so many years we regarded this division as a cluster F, um, and without you know being able to sort who is going to win. Sean, Sean has one date night just turns into the risky most risky. Um, it's what? still a cluster of teams, but I actually think there are three teams that are actually pretty good. Um, think, and I think for as much as we've dunked on the Texans, rightfully so. They still have Deshaun Watson, who can overcome a lot of issues. Um, but if I was the rest of the AFC South, I would be really devastated about the last few days, not just Phillip Rivers, but the Force Buckner coming in there. Um, and we talked a lot about the Colts' defense taking a step back last year. I think Buckner's going to help a lot. And the Colts were competitive last year with a bottom-level quarterback, in my opinion. I know Brinson and Ryan, I think, feel a little bit different. Um and suddenly they have a quarterback who at many times in his career has been a top five quarterback. And I don't think he'll be that, but I think he'll be top 10, top eight. And that's enough to push him into the playoffs. I would actually add that that guy you're insulting, Jacoby Brissett, another NC State alum along with Phillip Rivers, is a huge loser here because I think there's a good chance that Jacoby Brissett is not on the roster uh, by the time week one starts. I don't think they're going to keep him around. I think they'll go in a different direction to back him up. I, I think there's too much value in Brissett. It's just at least like you can trade him back to the Pats. You can trade him to the Bears. Um, you can trade him to the Panthers. I mean, there's, there's teams that would really appreciate Jacoby Brissett's services and you're so all in with Rivers. Maybe they want to ride it out, 
I, maybe it's not awkward because they can talk about like things like Amedios and, um, you know, Carter Finley Stadium and other things in Raleigh that they love, the players retreat, who knows? But I, I just, I just feel like Jacoby Brissett, a loser regardless of whether he sticks around because, you know, he had his job taken from him. To follow up on Sean's, um, losers, the, the rest of the AFC South. So I feel like Houston, not Houston, sorry, the, the Titans and the Colts, nine and a half wins maybe if we're doing the over-unders right now. I think the Jaguars are probably five and a half. And we said seven and a half in a previous podcast for the Texans. That might be too high. Like, there's no way that team's winning eight games. You, I know you keep saying Deshaun Watson, but what what else do they have? The offensive line's a mess. Uh, yes, they have Larry Tunzel. Yes, he played a little better. Yes, they drafted Titus Howard. He got hurt last year. He's a rookie from a small school. What? Where are they going to win football games? Deshaun Watson. This offensive line has been a mess the last two years. And, like, yes, obviously not having DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not going to print like that doesn't matter. But I, the quarterback position matters so much more than every other position. And if you have a top-five guy at that position, he like, can uh, single-handedly uh, drag you. But, I'm not saying they're winning 12 games, but I think 7.5, I will take the over with Deshaun Watson. Sean, how many, how, many, how many divisional games are they winning? Two against the Jags. Okay. I think, I think they can win at home against the Colts and Titans. Are they beating the Ravens? Probably, where's that game? Why are you hesitating? In no, Houston. They're not beating the Ravens. Are you crazy? Deshaun, I, I think this is disrespectful to Deshaun Watson. He gives them a chance to beat you know any single team. Deshaun Watson, disrespectful to Deshaun Watson is trading Andre Hopkins. I'm for not, <laughs> which, I'm not defending that move. Whenever, I've not, no one here is defending that move. I'm saying if you have a quarterback who is a top five in that position, he gives you a chance in every single game. And so I think they can get to eight wins if you, if you're in every single game. Okay. I disagree. Britson, I feel like you're on my side that they get the eight wins with Deshaun Watson. Uh, if they said it was seven and a half, I'll take the over on the Texans. Okay, that would be one of my best bets. That's really? Just, best bet? It's just too low. God, you guys are crazy. I mean, all you're doing is asking if, if Deshaun Watson plays 16 games, they'll win eight. They won nine games last year with a fully loaded team. Uh, they won more than nine games last year. So I, was, I don't know. Where... 10, I was looking at the Titans. Yeah, they won 10 games last year. <laughs> fully loaded team. Uh, so you think DeAndre Hopkins is worth three wins? That's just no, no. I think DeAndre Hopkins is worth probably one and a half. I think Bill O'Brien's worth about twelve wins. So they could win negative games this year. Is what I'm getting at. Okay. Uh, moving <laughs> along to the Panthers. The Panthers are replacing Cam Newton with Teddy Bridgewater. We talked about this in the previous pod. It sure does sound, and I think you guys disagree with me a little bit. I think the Panthers are going to cut Cam Newton. I think I don't think they'll oh, fight find- you on that. What's that? I don't think anyone disagrees with you about that. I was the only one that disagreed. Well, I mean, I, think I just feel like if someone calls up and offers any, literally anything, a sixth round pick, fifth round pick, the Panthers have to make the deal so they don't get stuck getting nothing for Newton. Well, no, if somebody offers something for Newton, they're taking it, of course. So like, somebody's going to offer something. It's Cam Newton. You can't. But, how, how do you pass him in a, with a physical when you? Well, can't? are you saying? Are, and let me just get this clear. Are you saying that Andy Dalton has more trade value than Cam Newton? Absolutely. Wow. Yes. Oh. I knew I would get you there. It took six years. <laughs> Long game paid off. No, I paid mean, like off handsomely. You could, you could give up a six round, a, a, we pointed out and, you know, Sean mentioned on the show. Yeah, yeah, we got it. I'm what? not cutting you off. I'm saying, yeah, we know. We, we talked about the draft picks and the compensation. So we'll have to recant. I mean, we'll have to re- <laughs> open that can of worms. Uh, not everyone has watched the show though, right? No, I think we talked about it in the previous podcast too. It would need to be a conditional pick and it would need to be a late round pick, like a seventh that go, or like a sixth that goes to a fourth or something like that. You just can't give it up and then Cam Newton can't play and then he's, you know, he's eating up roster space and you're paying him a bunch yeah. of money. I'm not I, convinced that a team's going to do that either. 
I, I, I think the, the Panthers, if, if they're willing to be patient and carry them on their roster, it could happen. But I really do think like, like a team like the Bears should, I bet you there are discussions, right, about it. But I also think that for Cam Newton, for a market, trade market to materialize, you gotta see what happens to Dalton first. You gotta see what happens to Foles first, because I think he's gonna have to wait for everything to get settled, and then there might be a team that missed out on everyone. If Foles is gone and Dalton's gone, what's left? If, if, uh, if, let me, let me, if let me, me ask you, say Dalton goes to New England, let me, and, ask, let me ask you this. Everybody knows that we would take Andy Dalton as the first choice in a trade because Andy Dalton has one year left on his deal. He has enough upside to win the games. He's got a nice floor, beautiful red hair. Great, great, you know, adjusted is, you know, start shaving the sides and all that. But if you had to pick between Nick Foles or Cam Newton to trade and you don't get to give him a physical and you give up the same compensation. So you're just giving up like a fourth round pick that's conditional where if you make the playoffs, you give up a second round pick and that's you, you take that. Um, who would you rather have? Nick Foles. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. I, I mean, uh, well, I think, here's my thing. You trade for Cam Newton. If you give up a sixth round pick, you can cut them without any cost. There's literally no cost to you except you lose that sixth round pick. That's a throwaway to see if Cam Newton is healthy. If he's healthy, you have a starting caliber quarterback who won the MVP five years ago. Five <laughs> years ago. I know it's a long time. But if he is healthy, you just got the steal. Hey, the, 2000, the, 2015 was the best year of Andy Dalton's career, so it's not that long ago. You just swindled no, no the one, Panthers. There will never be a headline in the next 12 months. Uh, X team swindled the Panthers by getting Cam Newton for a six-round pick. That's not going to happen. I think the issue with Nick Foles is that he was so terrible last year. We we got lost in the fact that he can be good for a four or five game stretch. I but so my I, so I'm approaching this through like the lens of the Bears. I don't think getting Nick Foles elevates this team to you know they won eight games without a quarterback the past season. Nick Foles doesn't add two or three wins to get them into the playoffs. Cam Newton might not either because he might not be healthy, but at least there's a chance that if he is healthy, he would be the quarterback the that chance? elevates them. Twenty percent, but for a six round pick, I do that. It's too high. It's not. What, what's the odd? What, what are the odds a six round pick turns into a very two win player? Very if, lower than twenty percent. Tom, Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, the whole point about Tom Brady is that it's a once in a generation. You got dumped yourself so bad. Debo's laughing at you, Mike. If, I'm, that's such a oh, that's such a bad comparison. But who got picked 190th overall? That turned out to be anything. And, and, and how many years ago was that? And, and since then, and since then, has there been a quarterback in that round that has done what Tom Brady has done? No. Listen, it happens once tw- every twenty years. We do that. Luke Falk or Cam Newton <laughs> <laughs> for next year or just overall? Right Maybe. now, you need to win one game tomorrow. Who would you rather have? I would run the single wing, go no quarterback. <laughs> I'd go Luke Falk. <laughs> I wouldn't trust Cam Newton. I don't think Cam Newton could be that. If, the, if he was healthy, the Panthers would be propping this up as a possible trade option. They know nobody will trade for him because nobody can pass him on a physical with the corona situation unfolding. So uh, to me, they decide, they've decided they're going to cut him. They're going to move on. They want to reboot the whole thing. The insult is that they're paying Teddy Bridgewater. According to Adam Schefter, it's actually $63 million over three years the insult is that that's basically what Cam was making anyway, nineteen uh, point, no, twenty-one point two million, and they can cut him and save nineteen point one million um, to pay Teddy Bridgewater. Do you find that insulting, Ryan? No, I mean those are different contracts from a different time. Uh, it is what it is. Cam Newton released that statement, which I wish he hadn't used that font, just so people would take it more seriously because they're more focused on that uh, modified dingling. What do you call it? Modified wing dings. 
Um, whatever it was, the, the social media response was, was a bit over the top just because I couldn't read it. Um, Cam's thing is he needs to get healthy. And he can be upset by a lot of things, and he has every right to be. We talked about on the last podcast how Greg Olson uh, agreed with Cam in terms of the way he was treated. But he has to get healthy. I mentioned on the on the live show on HQ that maybe Cam should even take a year off. Maybe that's in his best interest. Get completely healthy. He can sort of pick the place he may, he may want to go a year from now. So he should not be upset by the, the deal that Teddy Bridgewater got. He should be upset with maybe why the, how the Panthers treated him and uh, focus on getting healthy. Uh, obvious loser for me and uh, Wilson, Cam Newton, and obvious winner, Teddy Bridgewater. Found a home. Found a guy who worked with in Joe Brady. Uh, got a bunch of money. Gets to be a starter, at least until maybe the Panthers pick somebody at seven, right? I was going to say, short-term winner, long-term being the end of the season. Is he still a winner when they win three games? Yeah, and, and so that's what I was going to push back against, saying he's a winner. Um, I praised him last year when he didn't, when he turned down the Dolphins. He had a clear chance to go start in Miami, and he was he's very smart, and he said, no, you know, I'm going to stay in New Orleans, stay behind Drew Brees. And then he got a great chance to audition in a great situation, which led to him getting this offer, but... Now you look at these rosters, it's like he's going to a team that's probably going to be worse than the Dolphins are in this coming season. I'm a little bit just worried for him because I'm worried that if he struggles there, which he might, and that might not be his fault. It just might be an indictment of the Panthers who probably are not going to be a very good football team this year, that people are going to write him off as a backup quarterback. And um, I wish he would have gone to a slightly better position or team um i don't know if that offer existed so maybe he just took the only offer that he had um but i'm just worried he's going to struggle people aren't going to look at the supporting um cast around him and, and just say uh teddy bridgewater not really starting quarterback unless he's in a perfect situation um so i'm just a little bit concerned for him okay fair enough uh let's go a little bit faster pace some winners from the day ryan wilson you listed andy dalton as a winner what yeah. Because he is going to New England, and he's going to be the Patriots quarterback, and he's going to win 11 games, and Breach is going to see him win a playoff game in wait, what month is it? March. In 10 months, he's going to win a playoff game. Put it on the calendar. Breach is coming. Or it might be next June. You never know, man. Yeah. NFL season might get delayed. The next playoffs might not start until June 2021. Who knows? That would be classic Andy Dalton. Breach, are you joking with your winner? Uh, I am not joking with my winner. My winner is Bill O'Brien, and here is why. I woke up this morning, and what I wanted to do this morning was Google a bunch of fun stories about how horrible of a general manager Bill O'Brien is. But by the time I woke up, I saw the notification on my phone that Tom Brady was leaving the New England Patriots, and then I forgot about Bill O'Brien. I, I didn't even remember that I was going to look at these stories. And in my head, I was thinking, this, this is the best thing that could ever happen to Bill O'Brien because everyone's going to forget about it. And no one is going to, this day would have spent bashing that trade. Tom Brady saved the man. Bill O'Brien needs to send him a fruit basket, some avocados, uh, a TV 12 book signed by Bill O'Brien. I don't know why Bill O'Brien would sign it, but I mean, come on. Twitter would have been bashing Bill O'Brien for 24 straight hours all day today. And it didn't happen because of one Thomas F. Brady. So uh, Bill O'Brien's a winner today in my book. He wasn't a winner yesterday. He won't be a winner tomorrow. It is today only. Expires at midnight. You, uh, your bears, your boy Ryan Pace is out there spending like a maniac. He doesn't have a quarterback, but he's spending <laughs> like a maniac. And one of the big winners comes from a defensive signing he had. 
Yeah, it, it, it's Robert Quinn, who is coming off an exceptional season in Dallas. He, even though he's on the same defense as Demarcus Lawrence, led the Cowboys in sacks 11 and a half and quarterback pressures. Um, and this was a big year for him because he's 29 years old. So in theory, this is probably the last chance he has to sign a big deal. He got the Bears to give him a big deal. Five years, 70 million, 14 million per year. And I also think for him, from a production standpoint, he's going to be successful because just like in Dallas, Demarcus Lawrence attracted all the attention. You got Khalil Mack on that defensive line. You have Akeem Hicks. You have Eddie Goldman. I think he's going to have a great season. Um, he's going to be an upgrade over Leonard Floyd, who had a lot of versatility and a lot of potential, but never turned into a sack guy. Um, so I think for him, 29-year-old getting paid for the last time for a long-term deal, that's a great day for Robert Quinn. Fair enough. Uh, breach. The Raiders landed Jason Witten, and you praise him. I think that is the move that's going to put them over the top. They are a Super Bowl contender. All they needed was a guy who was going to be a third-string tight end on that team. and that is No, I do have the Raiders as a winner, but not because they signed Jason Witten. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite side of the ball. The Raiders had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So what they do? Mike Mayock, I don't know if he locked John Gruden in a closet somewhere, but he's like, no, nah, John, we're not going to make any big offensive moves. We're going to go out. We're going to get defensive players. Uh, they got Corey Littleton. They got Malik Collins. They got Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, and, and Jeff Heath to some extent, not as good as those three, Carl and Nassib, but they have guys who are going to play for this team next season and be good. If you're Paul Gunther, like St. Patrick's Day turned into Christmas Day because I don't know if he saw a rainbow and found the gold pot. But this is all you could have asked for if you are Raiders defense coordinator Paul Gunther as they made all these signings. And I liked most of them, and I think the Raiders defense is going to be a lot better in 2020 because of them. I'm going to call NASA be there. Yeah, that's right. Carl Nassib got like $18 million or $17 million fully guaranteed. Finance guy. Makes sense. I'm joking. Guy. Got paid when the market's crashing all around him. That's exciting. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say that uh, – Ex-Panthers players are big winners, more specifically current Bills. So it turns out, or or Giants, I guess, if you were drafted by Brandon Bean and Dave Gettleman, and then you leave Carolina when they were after after spent time with them there, and they're working somewhere else, they'll give you a crap ton of money. James Bradbury on the first day of free agency got real paid, and then we saw Mario Addison, who has been a fine pass rusher, but not like a you know. A monster or anything off the edge. Got, what's that? 31 as well. He's older. Yeah, he's older. He's an old guy who's just fine pass rusher. He got 30 million over three years from the Bills. And then Vernon Butler, a former first round pick who's largely been a bust, uh, got two years, $16 million with $9.3 million guaranteed. And so these guys who were in Carolina for that Brandon Bean, Dave Gettleman run are getting real paid. Now that they that by those guys, new teams, uh, Sean, you have the Cardinals. as well. Yes. And this is not about Monday in the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Uh, you know, we'd like to talk about that offense and Kyler Murray for good reason. That defense needs to get a whole lot better. And I think the Jordan Phillips signing today, three years, 30 million, it's going to fly under the radar because he's a defensive tackle. It's on a sexy position. Despite playing on the interior, he had nine and a half sacks last year. Uh, I think you pair that with Chandler Jones on the outside. Uh, I think it's a it's a great value signing. I think Prisco I saw gave it an A. I think rightfully so. It's a it's a bad loss for the Bills. Not blaming them for having to, to let some guys uh, leave because like the 49ers are a good team and eventually this happens. Um, love the signing for Arizona. Um, get after the quarterback. You know they play in a division with Jared Goff who gets rattled under pressure. Um, 
pressuring uh, Russell Wilson from the interior is important. So I think it's a great signing. Uh, great two days for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'll, I'm going to throw one more out. Uh, Sean Payton's a winner. He was able to convince Drew Brees, who has long forced whoever employed him, mostly the Saints, to pay premium dollar. And Brees is taking $25 billion a year on a two-year deal. That's insane. I can't believe he's taking that kind of discount to come back. So I will take uh, Sean Payton as a winner. Wilson, wrap us up on the winners. The Chargers. Makes a lot of sense, right? No quarterback. So here's the deal. They traded for Trey Turner. They got rid of Russell Okung. That was uh, problematic on some level. But they got someone to play on the interior of that offensive line. We talked about their offensive line being an issue. Then today they signed Brian Bulaga. That's a huge addition to that offensive line. We know about the Eckhart, uh re-signing four years, $24 million. That was a great get on a, on a um, very team-friendly deal. Hunter Henry's coming back, at least on the franchise tag. So they got to sort out the quarterback situation. But if they're able to find one – They'll have at least be on the path of being well protected. They could draft a quarterback early with the number six pick. They could draft a bunch of offensive linemen if they wanted to. And maybe they're not that far off. I think they're in better shape now than they were at the end of the season, uh, at least in terms of restocking that offensive line. So I thought they're, they're quietly having a, a pretty good start to free agency. All right, let's get to some losers. Breach, kick us off with the Steelers. My loser is Ryan's Pittsburgh Steelers, and this isn't some sort of revenge thing for him making Andy Dalton jokes for the past six years or making fun of my height or saying that he doesn't like tacos, which happen to be my favorite food. It's not because of any of those things. I am calling the Steelers losers because they are just sitting back in a lounge chair while the rest of the AFC North is doing some work. So the Steelers haven't really done anything free agency unless you count tagging Bud Dupree. You look at what the Ravens have done. They traded for Clay's Campbell. They dumped Hayden Hurst, picked up draft picks. You look at what the Browns have done. They added a good offensive line and check Jack Conklin, Austin Hooper. They got a tight end. Uh, the Browns are doing work. Even the Bengals. The Bengals are literally the last team you ever expect to be active in free agency because they don't hand out contracts worth more than like $5 million. They spent money this time around with uh, Trey Wayne's and, and added a nose tackle. So you, you should uh, well, first of all, you're bearing the lead. DJ Reader is a much, much better player than Trey Wayne's. And second of all, if you could give us those contract details on Trey Wayne's, I'd prefer not to. It's not a big deal. They, they, they're the Bengals. They have to overpay. That's it. People don't want to play in Cincinnati. I get that. The DJ Reader deal, you put him on a line with Carl Lawson, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap. They have a good defensive line, and that's what you need to win in the NFL right now. You put pressure on the, the passer. I I know I'm getting hyped up about the Bengals. I'm not going to do it. Because, <laughs> and by the way, just this is record, about the Steelers. Just for the record, the Trey Wayne's contract, three years, $42 million, $20 million in the first year, and uh, $14 million over the course of the deal. Someone called that an overpay. Someone called that accidentally writing the wrong number on a blind auction. In the Bengals' defense, they also they have Drake or Patrick. They're probably going to get rid of him. His base salary is nine point four million in twenty twenty. So that takes up what? Well, Prince is making a face. Everybody's making a face. Well, you're 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 hyping up the Bengals somehow. Like, <laughs> to them, no. They overpaid. I already admit they overpaid. All right. Hey, that's the worst. So anyway, to get back, worst deal of of free agency so far by by far. Uh, The the Jimmy Graham deals up there too. Yeah, you're crazy. Jimmy Graham is is number one, and then 17 spots later is anybody else. 
Jimmy Graham is a two-year deal. What is it, $18 million? Okay, That's fair. They can probably get out of it after one year is my guess, too. Yeah, and you don't have the terms of the Bengals deal. They can probably get out of it after two years. Well, it's, we know it's the Bengals making the deal, so probably yeah. not. It's all guaranteed. So anyway, the Steelers <laughs> have done nothing. They're the only – they're not moving forward with the rest of the division. Ryan, are they going to finish in last place? <laughs> is Trey Wayne's a top quarterback? <laughs> you just asked if the Steelers are finishing last place in the division with the Bengals. <laughs> they just gave they just gave Trey Wayne's more average annual per year than Ste- Stephon Gilmore makes. Well, then Stephon <laughs> Gilmore is going to have to ask for a raise. <laughs> they gave they made Trey Wayne's a top ten paid cornerback in the NFL after after Mike Zimmer, who is yep. a their former defensive coordinator and b. The, pretty much the foremost authority on cornerbacks in the NFL, except from Bill Belichick, um, let him walk into free agency. So, uh, all right, well then let's focus more on the DJ Reader well, sign. I, I admitted Trey Wayne's is overpaid. I, he is absolutely overpaid. I, I need to add something. Jason Lockenfor, our coworker, t- tweeted this out shortly after the Trey Wayne's deal. Impressed, breach to to no end. When Trey Wayne signs a deal that that's equal to Marcus Peters, you've hit critical mass on NFL free agency silly season. <laughs> But they got DJ. They got, they got DJ. Here are the here are the cornerbacks who are paid more than Trey Wayne's, and I'm not including Tr- uh, Tremaine Johnson because he's been cut. Yeah. Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, James Bradbury, Patrick Peterson, Kyle Fuller, Marcus Peters, and that's the end of the list. All of those players, good players. Yeah. <laughs> Worth so the money. I, yeah. The best part is that this started off as a shot at the Steelers. We're, we're just dunking all over. He, and he, but he did it to himself. He didn't even have to mention it, and he did. I was like, say the Trey Bengals say got Trey better. Wayne's Trey Wayne's is better than Drake Kirkpatrick, so they improved at the position for more money than they should have paid. <laughs> okay. They could have just re-signed Dark Horse Denard. He didn't sign for that much when, money. When the salary cap goes up $40 million in 2021, it's not going to matter. And it's going to look like a bargain because every corner is going to be making $19 million a year. No, no, he'll still suck, but <laughs> it makes you feel better. The highest-paid cornerback is 16-5, and he just signed. Like, just... <laughs> All right. No, no, don't worry. They're going to cut Rick Patrick. Everything's fine. Give us a loser, Sean. Trade uh, So it's funny because when Brenton st- – when when breach started, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be along the same lines as breach," but he's his argument veered off a cliff, so I'm not going to say that. But I so so I'm picking the Seahawks, but it's for the same reason as like the Steelers. Uh, Brent is doing something really weird. Backers. He is a loser. <laughs> Six days. Someone please record screen record this. What is this monster doing? I stood up because my backers leave me alone. What is this animal? <laughs> give me a, a, a stand at home desk. I've been asking for it. I want an iPad and a stand at home desk. I'm calling HR. You're like you ask uh, CBS for a stand at home desk. I can ask like, CBS for that. He's like Dwight Schrute. He's in a, on a on a bouncy ball because he's he's like oh standing up is so great. Oh, I might roll around on a bouncy ball after this. So so my my, my loser are the Seattle Seahawks, and it was for a similar reason that Breach was naming the Steelers. I don't think they've done enough in the sense that they've literally done nothing. Um, I thought Brian Bulaga would have been a nice signing for them. Uh, he went to the, not San Diego, Los Angeles. Um, I thought Robert Quinn actually could have made a lot of sense, especially as Jadavion Clowney is in free agency. Um, they did not get Robert Quinn. And all of this can change is if they do get Clowney at a good price, then sure. But it kind of feels like they are waiting for Clowney and hoping they get him. And if they don't get him, this could be a disaster. 
because you have the Cardinals getting a lot better. Obviously, the 49ers are still going to be very strong. I think they need to be giving Russell Wilson a lot more help. They've lost George Fant to free agency um, to the Jets. I'm not going to kill them for not wanting to overpay George Fant, but there was a there was a good replacement there in Brian Bulaga, and they did not go get him. So I think the Seattle sitting back idly um, could con- come back to haunt them. Let's see what happens with Clowney, but I'm a little bit worried if they lose Clowney. This could be a disastrous offseason for them. Yeah, the Cardinals actually did a lot free agency. We know that. 49ers haven't really done anything. They signed some of their own guys, but no no one else in terms of free agency. And uh, who's the other team? The Rams. <laughs> the Rams. The Rams haven't done anything either. So they've done. They, they've actually done nothing. Uh, they let a couple guys walk. Littleton, Michael Brockers. They said they weren't going to um, re-up Roby Coleman. But um, So other than the Cardinals, the Cardinals have done the, the most. But, but I think the, the Seahawks, even though they were – they came a yard away from, from beating the 49ers and winning that division. That was very much, we talked about it so many times, there's Russell Wilson making magic and winning a lot of one-score games. So I think they needed to enter this offseason knowing that they had to get serious roster improvements. They got B.J. Finney. Do you know? <laughs> I'm fine. I, as I Googled Seahawks, that was the first thing that came up. He's the backup Steelers guy who they tried to keep but didn't want to pay four years, $9 million. Now listen, four, uh, two years, $9 million. That's questionable. It's not three years, $42 million, but it's close. John Breach, you want to give us one more loser? We'll get out of here. Uh, Jacksonville, for all the reasons that Sean kind of mentioned and I mentioned about the Steelers, they're going backwards. Everyone else in that division is going forward except the Texans, but they're more talented. They have a better quarterback, which enough makes them better than Jacksonville. Uh, they're giving away their good players like Lace Campbell. They don't have a good quarterback situation. They sign uh, Schober, which not a horrible signing, but again, I think they overpaid there. Uh, so now, I was just looking like, I, I, I think somehow Joe Sherbert felt like didn't fall through the cracks. Cause that, that seems like, I don't want to disparage Joe Sherbert like that. I don't, like, I don't want to talk about like him as a bad player, but like, is Jacksonville really in a position to be giving a $53 million five year deal to a linebacker? He's well, good. that's where I was going to go is that they He's went, good. they they spent the whole offseason cutting all this money. This is not the move you make when you're trying yeah. to pick up all this money. This goes against everything they've been doing for the past six weeks. So it didn't make any sense to me. That, so not that it was like if another team had done it, maybe it makes sense. Jacksonville doing it makes no sense. It, it's it's like the defensive version of when when they're like, we're one Nick Foles away. It's like, yeah. but you're so not. Linebacker. And it's not, a, it's not a terrible deal. It's a pretty big deal. Where does that rank? I don't know how what linebackers make. I mean, it, it's uh, not even eleven million a year. So he's, I don't know. like, he's a good player. Uh, but when you think about the losses they've suffered defensively over the last year with Jalen Ramsey, AJ Bouye, um, Sean Gibson, and so on, um, and maybe uh, what Clyde Campbell, maybe Yannick Ngakwe coming up, and they were cutting the, all that money to get Schober. Yeah. Jeez. And and like again, I think Schober's a good player. How many wins is he adding to that team? Negative one. Half? Like, uh, what's, what's the salary thing? I mean, he's, he's ranking in the range of Corey Littleton and Blake Martinez, Levante David, Bernard, Bernard oh. McKinney, Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, uh, below Jalen Smith, Shaq Thompson, Gia. I just don't, it's like, yeah, it's fine with that. I'm fine with that. I just don't see like why you think that's going to fix what you got going. Like, I don't they, know. They have to get a linebacker and he's a good linebacker. I mean, it's not like they were stocked up at line. Miles Jack. Is you, know what, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of when they signed Toby Gerhardt. And by the way, I thought that was a good contract. <laughs> Toby, wow, I did not expect we'd ever mention Toby not. Gerhardt on this podcast. By the way, shout out to Toby Gerhardt. First time mentioned on this podcast, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, no. I definitely thought Toby Gerhardt was going to have a good year. You thrashed me for it. 
God, when, what year was that? Whenever the Jaguars signed him for the Vikings. I think, I, I think one of my he's bold, only thir- he's only thirty two. Ter- in fact, it was two thousand and fifteen because my one of my bold predictions was that Jameis or two thousand fifteen. One of my bold predictions was Jameis Winston would throw thirty picks, and I also said that I think Toby Gerhardt would rush for a thousand yards with the Jaguars. I remember this now. And I wasn't saying like Toby Gerhardt's good. I was like the Jaguars are just going to give him the ball five hundred times because their offense stinks. Do you mean find it, Sean? Uh, so yeah, breach. Continue on with the Jaguars. Oh, that was it. You guys took. Uh, that's fine. You guys uh, commandeer the discussion. I'm okay with that because you made all my points for me. Oh, I got it. 2014 NFL Bowl predictions. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, someone filled the silence. Oh, Toby Gerhardt, number six. Toby Gerhardt is the top ten rusher. But Brinson did say his first his opening line is pure volume, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. It's just like I just thought they were going to feed this guy. And, and, and his kicker is it doesn't have to be pretty, folks. <laughs> um. By the way, the Dolphins signed Jordan Howard. What do you think about that? Yeah. Whatever. 10 million, two years? It's 25, I think, still, so, which is odd. Yeah. My thing would be keep Kenyon Drake. Are the Eagles winners or losers so far, Diva? I think today was a big loss by letting Malcolm Jenkins walk. Like, I'm kind of devastated Ooh. by that. He is, and I put this on Twitter, I think he's one of the 10 most important players in Eagles franchise history, which sounds wow. one of the 10 best. But I think no that, way. That's not. Wait, that's, can you name your ten, or is that putting you on the spot? I mean, I could, I, I I could go through a list. I just, I mean, he was the unquestioned leader on the team, the only team that ever won a Super Bowl in franchise history. So that automatically vaults him up the leader of that defense. I mean, just, defense. just, just for all right, like we're going to rank him below Donovan McNabb and Nick Foles, right? Nick Foles. He won the Super Bowl. And, and not best important. Yeah, Foles is yeah. in the top ten. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to put him behind we'll Brian Dawkins? Oh, that's two. Brian Dawkins, three. Brian Westbrook, four. Reggie White, Chuck Bednarik, Randall Cunningham, um, Roger Worski. I, I think we're mixing best versus what I said important. Okay. You're the Eagles fan, but I'm. Is this players or figures? Would you put Andy Reid in there or Doug Peterson no, in there? Well, I would, David I would, Akers? Players, players. I think his value to the team that won the Super Bowl is just through the roof. Um, what he did both on the field and off the field, every single guy in that locker room, I don't know if they would have – you could say that a lot about a lot of players, but I don't know if they win that Super Bowl without him in that locker room ushering through that BS Chip Kelly era into the Doug Peterson era. Uh, I thought you were say the BS uh, anthem thing. I was like, oh, I, know, I, know. I was like, oh, Debo. You're going to get, you're gonna get fired off very limited talking time. Like, yeah. no. Well, well, Dave Damashek was on this on the show uh, for the, the tangent addiction thing, and um, he did point out that, like, Chris Long and Malcolm Jenkins were part of that, like, all-time iconic, you know, photo of the year where, like, you know, I mean, like, Malcolm Jenkins was the heart and soul of that. So that is that is a good point. Like, that's a tough one. Like, it was a big deal when it happened this afternoon, right? The, the heart and soul thing is a perfect way to put it. That, I think, cannot be measured. He's 32 years old. He's on the decline, and the Eagles have shown a tendency to get rid of a guy a year earlier than a year later, like like the Patriots model. And a lot of the times that works, but I think in certain instances you can break away from that. It reminds me a lot of Dawkins over a decade ago, that that leadership from the safety position. I think it's a mistake. So losers on day two. I think they were winners yesterday with Wilson's boy Hargrave. But and, and Malcolm Jenkins was a free agent signing uh, by the Eagles, what, like six years ago. And, guys, that is – I expect to be having the same conversation about Trey Waynes in six years. 
So I, I just sorted, I know Debo said it's not best player, but I sorted Eagles history by approximate value. Do you think Malcolm Jenkins is in the top 50 of Eagles ever or, or not in the top 50? It must not be if you say it like that. Based on that setup, he's 57. How? Brinson? Uh, I would guess, how many years has he played for Philadelphia total? 2014 to 2019. No, hell no, not even close. 44. Number two. <laughs> He's tied for 64th with Zach Ertz, by the way. Yeah. By the way, if you Google best Eagles ever and you scroll, uh, you get like 15 or 20 guys to the right. You're like, man, this team has got this team has so much rich history. Like, how do they not have more Super Bowls? You're like, oh, Kevin Cobb and Riley Cooper. Hey, how you guys doing? You don't have to Ooh. do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had to get through Trent Cole and Doug Peterson and Sonny Jerkerson and Troy Vincent, Terrell Owens, Jeremiah Trotter, John Runyon, Vic, Trey Thomas. A whole host of guys. Eric Allen, Norm Van Brocklin. Fred X. Fred X. Oh, yeah. Always delivers. Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> it's actually, it's Deshaun Jackson in a Redskins uniform, which is a it little is, weird. Let me just, is Deshaun Jackson a more important eagle than Malcolm Jenkins? <laughs> Here's the thing is that Malcolm Jenkins' team won the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. I, I, I agree with Debo here. That's None of those why. guys were on a Super Bowl winning team. So when you're measuring value, like their intrinsic value versus their, cause that's everything. The, how they help team chemistry. It's not just their on field play. And so I, you know, like, I, I am seeing Debo's argument. And when and, I think of Malcolm Jenkins, I think about in the locker room and think summer 2018 he brought like those signs into the locker room and instead of talking he held them up and that was right during at the height of the dialogue of the Kaepernick stuff and uh, I thought that was just such a savvy easy move to really get his message across without even saying a word and and he's definitely always been a very good player like a a good above average player but never like a great player but that 2017 season was by far his best year like when they won the Super Bowl he was playing the best football in his career so all right we'll give it to you Great job by you, Debo. Had a huge pick in the 2018 playoffs, too. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Didn't he? Am I crazy about that? Maybe no, maybe 2019. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. Was it against the Falcons? Is that what you're thinking of? Was that? Maybe that wasn't him. Maybe it was somebody else. Let's carry on. Let's get out of here. Uh, yes. <laughs> Eagles are losers. We got deep into the Eagles history here at the end of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check us out on Alexa or Google Home. You can yell, hey, Google, Alexa, play my pick six, play pick six podcast and we'll play for you. You can subscribe, rate and review to get this podcast. Watch us on CBS Sports HQ every night for the rest of the week and possibly next week from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? This is a huge night. the truth from you. Hashtag cyber sleuths. The Idaho murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.